Hello, I'm Kenyon Henry, author of Urban Fantasy, Young Adult, and Paranormal Mystery Novels, and this is Dialogues with Creators. Welcome to this episode of Dialogues with Creators, where I, your host, Barbara Tucker, engages in conversation with creative people in the Tennessee Valley and North Georgia region. Our producer is Clemencia Villafuerte, a Bachelor of Arts in Communications student and a student at the Georgia Film Academy at Dalton State College. Say hello, Clemencia. Good afternoon. I hope you enjoy listening to our podcast. Thank you. I put her on the spot there. On Dialogues with Creators, we do not just talk with traditional artists because creativity, a topic we will explore in depth in the future podcasts, can be shown in every walk of life, in the arts, in organization, in the sciences, and in how we live, learn, love, and laugh. How's that for alliteration? Our conversation today is with Kenyon Henry, a resident of the Fort Oglethorpe area. In his day job, Kenyon works in finance, but he is creative in writing and in creating an event that has taken place for the last three years and has helped many writers in the area. I'd like to ask him to just introduce himself and then we'll get into the questions. Kenyon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Barbara. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you asked me to uh, to join you. Uh, real quick introduction of myself. Uh, obviously, I'm Kenyon Henry. Um, I've lived in the uh, in this area pretty much all my life. You know, didn't venture into being a creative until uh, well into adulthood. So great. I think that's true of a lot of us. <laughs> we yeah. were busy doing other things. So I've invited you for two big reasons, Kenyon related to your creative endeavors. I'd like to talk first about your writing. Your area is, I believe, from what I've seen, science fiction and fantasy, which we tend to lump together, but that's unfortunate because there are lots of subgenres in those fields and, of course, lots and lots of writers. So I'd like you to start by talking about your books and you can do it chronologically or whichever way you would like. And then I'll follow up with some more questions. Okay. So um, uh, you're, you're pretty close, pretty close. Uh, It's actually uh, my first series that I wrote, which is still ongoing is, is urban fantasy. Right. So I can, I can see why you'd get sci-fi in there because it's, it's modern day fantasy, you know, so you're, you're not, Really thinking about the medieval high fantasy type stuff. You're thinking more along the lines of, uh, you know, people with abilities, uh, uh, secret societies, you know, uh, vampires, werewolves are often urban fantasy. Um, you know, Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, all of these different types of things fall within uh, urban fantasy. Basically, it's just, you know, fantastical type stuff set in a, in a present day modern society. And so my first series, which which I said is, is still ongoing, um, was a, a, a venture into that. And uh, I've enjoyed writing it. I'm still writing it. Book four in that series is, is due out in June. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's really something that I never thought I'd get into. Um, but it's it's been very enjoyable and it's it's um, been been fun to do. 
I took a break after book three and kind of ventured off because, you know, when you get so much or, or so far down on track, sometimes you kind of, uh, you need a break from it, right? And so I needed a break. And uh, rather than just not writing, I decided to uh, try something a little different. So there are some some elements of mystery in, in the fantasy series. So I decided I'll try to write a mystery novel. So I do have one mystery novel out. Uh, it's called Ghost of Blue Mountain. It's my most recent release. It came out last October, uh, and it's been it's been well received. Uh, but it's a paranormal mystery, so it has kind of elements of uh, fantasy in there as well, uh, uh, with regard to things that you might not typically see in, in reality. You know. Well, one reason I have you on here, Kenya, is to help you sell books. So you're going to have to help us a little bit. What is the names or the titles of your first urban fantasy series? Yeah, so the the series is called Chronicles of Stephen. Okay, uh, the first book is Choice of the Mighty, and um, really what it stems on is is the character of Stephen who discovers he has the ability to uh, read minds and control thought, but, but the way he discovers that it, it makes him feel very much like a like he's broken. There's something wrong with him. Hmm. Um, you know, first he's hearing voices and then he comes to think of himself kind of as a monster. And um, he comes around to understanding that it's, that it's a gift. It's it's not a curse. And so it takes him on this journey of, of self-realization and, and understanding that uh, regardless of this ability, um, that he's still responsible for, for what he does with it, you know, the good and the bad. And so he goes through this uh, process and, and comes to understand that there are other people similar to him. Uh, in the world. Uh, the problem is once he discovers them, they also discover him. And so then they come after him to force him to choose a side, right? Huh? Uh, to force him to choose a side in a world that he never really knew existed up until this moment. So that's that's where Choice of the Mighty comes in. And then it's followed by Trials of the Mighty and then eventually Redemption of the Mighty. And at the book of book three, he is finally the person that he always should have been within this society. It takes him three books to to uh, realize himself, right? To learn himself. And so book four takes us deeper into this, this world that he's now been plunged into. Okay, that's fascinating. How old is your character? Uh, Stephen is uh, 23 at the start of the first book, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he left home when he was 18, which is when the ability presented itself. He ran because he was scared. And it took him five years to get to the point of where um, he realized he couldn't do anything with it and he needed help or else he was he was going to lose himself is basically what it was. So I notice in your titles, you've got the words mighty and redemption. Is there some sort of bigger existential question behind your books? You know, that that is kind of a theme of my books, too. You know, I, I wanted my books to, to serve two purposes, really. Uh, of course, I, I want to entertain people, um, but also want want to give people the opportunity to to grow, right? So when I read, I, I read for entertainment, but I also make a habit of, of mixing in there probably about a 50-50 split of books that, that will help me grow as a person, right? Whether it's in business or personally or as a parent or a husband, or whatever, I like to mix those in there. And so when I started writing, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put some of that in, in into my books. So there's there's definitely some some life lessons and and maybe some some prodding to ask some bigger questions of ourselves uh, as we go along through the books and we follow Stephen through his journey. Excellent. Would you say that your audience then is young adult or just adult? 
or anybody? I'd, I'd say anybody. So my son read the first one at the age of 10 and uh, he got really wrapped up into it. Ended up throwing the book across his classroom when I killed his favorite character. It was quite a funny story his teacher was telling me about. And uh, But e- even at 10, so they can understand, you know, the story and enjoy it. They might not get some of those deeper meanings and, and questions. Um, but I steer clear of anything that would be inappropriate for for younger readers, um, while at the same time giving deeper ideas and deeper meanings to people who can understand it. Great. So when would you say you started seriously writing? Oh, goodness. So the first book came out in 2017, I think it was. And it took me 10 years uh, to get that book out. It started out as a short story, just off of a whim. As I continued to revisit the short story, it continued to grow and grow. And eventually I was like, geez, this is turning into a book and I have no earthly idea how to write a novel, right? So I turned to books. I started reading uh, books on novel creation, books on uh, Joseph Campbell's, you know, The Hero's Journey, uh, books on, um, you know, scene development, plot development, character development, and all these things and start putting it together. Um, went through uh, life, you know, and life happens. So sometimes I set it down and then would pick it back up again later. Um, but yeah, it took 10 years before it, uh, before it finally was in book format. I think that's a pretty common experience on the first one. And I, I've thought about why that is. The first reason is you're busy, you're doing life. Second is you don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and you do have to do the research and, and such. And for me, the third was who is ever going to read this? You know, it's what am I going to do with this when I get it done? Who am I going to send it to? Who's going to want to publish it? Who's going to want to read it? So you're and you struggle with that, you know, that side of it, as well as your own. It may be for me, the insecurities about what you're doing in the first place, because right. you want to say to people that you're working on writing fiction. But to, to some people, you know, that's going to sound so I don't know. I use the word pretentious, but it's going to sound so out there, you know, so odd it, because writing is hard. It's it's very lonely. Does what I'm saying resonate with you in that respect? It, it does. Not not everybody understands it uh, or understands the uh, the reasons behind why, why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, most authors are, are never able to consider writing a full time job. Right. It's, it's a very small percentage that ever get to make it a full time living and an even uh, smaller percentage uh, that that ever, you know, become a, a household name. So that's not really why you go into it. I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, anybody that writes more than one book anyways, uh, ever uh, continues doing it with the thought, oh, you know, um, I'm going to accomplish all these great things. We do it almost because we can't help it. Right. Um, you know, with me, like I said, I kept revisiting and I kept having this story in my head and, and I had to get it out. Um, and, and for example, when life happened at one point and I set it down for, for a good period of time. The reason I ended up picking it back up was because I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I knew the only way to stop thinking about it was to get it down. Right. And then once I did that, I was I was able to move on from from that story and uh, soon found myself doing the same thing with the next story and the next story and, and so on. 
So absolutely. And, and people don't always understand that, you know, um, it, uh, it forces sometimes, uh, some long nights at the computer by yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, when you have that person come up to you and they're holding your book and they're like, read your book. I loved it. You know, it, <laughs> it makes it worth it. You know? Yes, it does. <laughs> it's really, that's really something. And the fact that anybody actually even buys it <laughs> sometimes, you know, that's such a, you, it, not that you make much money out of it. You know, you might just be a couple dollars, but you feel like somebody spent money to read my writing. That's pretty good. Right. So in terms of the genres you write in, what attracts you to those genres? And were they genres that you read a lot of when you were, you know, in your life? Yeah, you know, I think so. So some of the uh, the writers that influenced me, um, one is, is someone that uh, most people haven't heard of, but <clears throat> his name was Roger Elwood. And he had written uh, a series called the Angel Walk series. And, and I stumbled across it as, as a teenager. Matter of fact, I didn't even know it was a series until I became an adult. And I just stumbled across one of his books and thought, oh, I'll pick this up. And it, and it grabbed me. Uh, and it was one of those books that made you stop and think, right? And uh, so that was the first thing that I remember reading that ever, you know, uh, kind of was twofold. It was uh, enjoyable to read. You know, it was kind of an urban fantasy type type. Uh, story, but it also caused you to stop and think uh, about uh, consequences of your actions and, and things like that. And then, as I continued reading, um, you know, Ted Decker was was a, a an influence of mine. Um, you know, I've read uh, several of his books and and always enjoy his books. Um, <clears throat> of course, you've got you know some some of the bigger names too. Uh, I read a few Anne Rice books uh, because of the whole vampire thing. Um, you know, I kind of was was drawn to that after the, the movie interview with the vampire. So I read a few of her books and, and there's been some others out there that I've, I've read. And it seems like what has drawn me is, is kind of that urban fantasy uh, genre. You know, not necessarily just the fantasy, but, um, you know, something that's a little different, uh, that's a little more modern. Um, of course, we've all read, I say we've all read in, in school, we've all read uh, Hobbit or, or Lord of the Rings and things like that. Um, but the the more modern stuff has has uh, really resonated with me. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's had an influence on my writing, certainly. So what do you think attracts you to these genres? I think oftentimes, and, and this might not just be genre specific, but but maybe with the authors that that I've read, right. That just mm-hmm. happened to be in this genre is that, um, you know, your, your good guys aren't always good. Right. Uh, and sometimes the people that you think are the villain turn out to be the hero or, or vice versa. Right. When we think about vampires, we, you know, <clears throat> at least we didn't used to think of, of, of a good guy. You know, we thought about Dracula, we thought about Nosferatu, we thought about, um, you know, Vlad the Impeller, you know, it was only in, in recent history that we start thinking about, oh, could could a vampire be a good guy, you know? Um, and so we, we we saw that with with Anne Rice. Uh, Ted Decker does, does a lot of that too, flipping um, people that you think are one way and then they end up being something else. Mm. Um, uh, Frank Peretti uh, as well. And so I think 
<clears throat> I don't know if it's what attracts me to that genre or, or those authors that just happen to write in that genre. Um, but the but the ones I typically tend to like are the ones that um, I guess reflect reality. Right? They say, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Right? Well, for me, Im- imitation is the greatest form of fiction. Right? Those things that really imitate reality, because we as people, we're, we're not always good. We're not always bad either, right? We we have we have these different sides to us, and uh, so, anyways, I I like to read those, and, and I hope that also comes out in my writing. That's a great answer. Um, I you know what made me think of is uh, have you watched Stranger Things? I have not. No. Okay, well, it's the first season I watched it, and it, which is odd because it my age, and it's all about teenagers, you know, but something about the 80s thing got to me and the fact that it was made here in Georgia. And one thing, there are a lot of things I liked about it, but one of them was that at the beginning, you've got this character, I think his name is Steve, and he's the typical jockey um, stuck on himself, you know, a guy who's the girlfriend of the, I mean, his girlfriend is the uh, sister of the main character. And he's as the story goes on over the several se- uh, uh, sessions or episodes, he slowly changes into the not the hero, but the good guy, you know, and I didn't see that coming. It was and I, I thought that was such good writing because they could have stayed with the cliche of the jock and the jerk and that kind of thing. And he became in the end, he was a friend of this, the young people, the, the teenagers who are trying to. Um, you know, save the town from the underworld and the down under, whatever, whatever it's called. I forgot the name of it, but um, he just it stuck. It struck me as good writing because you weren't expecting it. But at the same time, it was believable. It wasn't like he just changed. He slowly changed and he understood himself and grew. So I appreciate that you're saying that because bad writing is always going to be very, you know, nobody changes no surprises, no, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. you mentioned Ted Decker and Frank Peretti and Ann Rice. Any other go-to authors for you? Oh, goodness. You know, so one of the um, the books that I've, I draw from in, in a lot of different ways, uh, quite frankly, is, is the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got so many different authors. And, and when you really read that, you can you can start to see the differences and patterns as you move from from book to book, and the and the stories that are in there that that just tell the stories of, of life, and then all these all these things that happen when you really break down to. And I, I think a lot of times we we grow up in church or whatever, and we just hear these stories maybe in Sunday school or whatever, and we're like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, we hear these kind of watered down uh, children's stories, mm-hmm. but when when you really get into them, there's some there's some really grueling brutality and some some horrific scenes that would that would uh, make some horror movies seem seem tame with the things that are happening and um you know so i've i've read a lot of that and and i think that's had some influence in there too as far as um you know being real you know making sure that that i'm, I'm real in my stories um and of course there's several different authors there uh, aside from that I'll, I'll tell you i've always loved shakespeare my goodness, I've loved Shakespeare. Even uh, in, in middle school, I was probably like the one kid in my class that's like, yes, we're going to read Shakespeare today. <laughs> um, and 
it goes back to that same thing I was telling you earlier with the authors. One of the things that I loved about Shakespeare, well, first of all, he was just incredibly witty, right? The, the way that he he would uh, uh, call somebody an idiot would make the person go, oh, well, thank you, you know, uh, because the way he worded it was always just just gorgeous. But um, he had a habit of also taking the, the one character that's supposed to be the fool or the idiot and making them the one character that knows everything that's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Puck from Midsummer's Night Stream. He's he's the the like the fairy court gesture or whatever. And you know, he he sees everything that's going on and making fun of everybody the whole time. You've got the same thing going on in, in Twelfth Night. You've got the uh, the town idiot who who occasionally appears, but uh, everybody thinks he's stupid, but he's he knows everything that's going on, right? So there's there, there's this kind of theme. Uh and then to turn around and make fun of kind of the uh, the aristocracy, right? Uh, or not just the aristocracy, but the people that think they are more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I've kind of always liked that, how he's kind of taken and played with society and flipped things upside down in, in his plays. Yes, you bring up the Bible, and I I don't know how people really understand literature or, or write without reference to biblical literature and themes and such, because so much is there and it's so deep. And Although a lot of them are just short fiction, you take a story like The Prodigal Son, and there's so much psychology there, you know, in the way that the brothers interact and what's going on. And um, that in itself is a is the ground or the seed for so much modern writing. I know um, there's a famous writer. She gets a lot of awards. Her name is Marilyn Robinson. She's written a whole series on <laughs> The Prodigal Son. And and that story, you know, there's so much there. And and I, I was thinking the other day about the difference between short fiction and a novel. And, you know, you see that in the Bible as well. You know, you'll have a short story, but then it's in the big picture of the whole plan of what right. the Bible's doing. So it's uh, I think that sometimes with short fiction, we end up with it can be kind of dark. I know my short fiction is very dark. <laughs> <laughs> but in a longer book, you can tell a more complete story, you know, the, the rest of the right. story and get it done. So I, I like to make that distinction. So how do you get your writing to the public? Well, um, so one way to do that, um, you can get it on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the other way is through uh, through my publisher, which is jumpmasterpress.com. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so you can get stuff through them. Um I think probably any bookstore can order, you know, order it as well. If you wanted to order that physical copy, you know, you got to hold it in your hand. Yeah. Are all your books with Jumpmaster? At at the time being, they are, yes. Okay. And how long have they been around as a publisher? Oh, Jumpmaster has been around, I think, probably about three years. So when I I came across them, they were still uh, fairly young. Um, and I think I was probably one of their earliest authors mm-hmm. uh, that, that they picked up. Um, but they they've grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, so I think when I joined, they had. I think I was author number four, if I'm not mistaken. OK. Um, and then I think at the end of this year, they'll have like 30 different authors mm-hmm. in their catalog, which is yeah. you know huge growth. I know so. another local author who's working with them, and I think they're going to publish her her work. Okay. So uh, that, that'll be exciting for them. Excellent. So 
Let's move on. Since we've been talking about getting it out to the public, I think it was in 2019 that you started the, although I'm sure you started planning it earlier than that, you started the next chapter con event. Here is your chance to tell the story of next chapter con. <laughs> so, which has grown quite a bit in the last three years. So correct me where I'm wrong on the dates and tell us more about next chapter con. Yeah. So next chapter con will take place October 1st this year um, at the Dalton trade center, Dalton convention center. And so basically it's, it's a convention where, um, Local authors and authors from across the Southeast can can come uh, and and uh, they'll have their books available for sale. Uh, readers can come, meet with them, talk with them, discuss books. We have panels. Um, other people who want to write or maybe they presently do write can come and join the panels as well. And it's really a good place to get uh, a, a large pool of information, right? Because you've got so many different genres represented. You've got people from different areas represented. Um, and they're all willing to share, you know, writing techniques, what has worked for them, you know? Um, and so it's, it's really a great event for, for that. It's a great event for, for readers to come and really dig into the mind of the author. You know, it's just like you're doing today. What was your inspiration for this? You know? Um, and, and everybody always seems to have a blast every year. Mm-hmm. So how did you get this idea? Well, I got this idea because I've often gone to um, other conventions with, with my own books. And, um, you know, the authors are just kind of an afterthought, you know, uh, even though there are readers there, uh, obviously. But it's just kind of like, yeah, um, you know, when it when it comes to authors. And so I wanted to put something together here locally that was specifically for authors and readers uh, to connect that community. Because when mm-hmm. you get into Indian small press authors, we thrive on community, right? That's, that's, that's really um, what helps us to, to keep going. And so I wanted to be able to connect the dots. So with the, the term con on the end, it's coming from the idea of like a comic con, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's just a convention. You know, okay. for, for people who love books, whether you're a writer, reader, or or whatever. Okay. So I've attended Next Chop Next Chapter Con twice as a local author, and I had a great time. It is attracting writers from much further than the Tennessee Valley, North Georgia region. Isn't that right? I think I met someone from Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Um, we also had now it was during COVID, so a lot of people backed out during COVID, but we had people initially signed up, uh, two people from as far away as uh, Florida. So, okay. um, yeah, we've, we've had people from, I think, as far as uh, um, Mississippi um, and then even like South Carolina and Middle Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, uh, matter of fact, I've got a person that I used to be part of a writing group with, um, an online writing group up in Wisconsin and they emailed me and they're like, Hey, have you heard about this, this next chapter con that's down in your area? I'm like, well, kind of, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's been, it's, uh, it's been heard about much further than just here locally as well. Oh, neat. That's good to know. You planning anything special for the 2022 event? Well, we, we've got some thoughts, 
uh, out there. And we've got some some things that may be announced, maybe not for 2022, but we may announce them in 2022 for 2023. Um, so we do have some things planned. I don't want to spill the beans okay. just yet, um, but we're always looking to grow and make it uh, better than it was the year before last. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that we, we've we uh, had to revamp some things. So if you remember Dr. Osborne, um, who's there, the magical mad scientist, who's always come with the kids and made the balloon animals. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he passed away last year, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so we've we've I'm had sorry. to revamp a couple things because he's always been a a very very welcome uh, part of the convention uh-huh. and was with us from day one. So um, and his wife Stephanie has has been an author at our convention as well uh, uh, all three years. So um, so anyways, but yes, we we do have some some things down the pot. Okay, that's good to know. Anything else you'd like to say, Kenyon? Um, well, I think that's it. Other than I would love to see you at, at next chapter this year. Sounds good. They can check this out at your website, nextchaptercon.com. Dot com. Yes, ma'am. Okay, excellent. And I think that folks who will uh, log on to that will see a lot of exciting material. It's, it's done very well. Uh, Kenyon has put a lot of work into this event over the last three years, right? It started in 2019. Yes, it did. And, and a quick shout out to Keith Robinson, who is an author friend of mine. He's written more than, than 30 novels. And, um, you know, he's he's a website designer by trade. And so mm-hmm. I initially pulled him in as, as my website designer. And now he's he's in there with me working, you know, as hard as he can to 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 get this event off without a hitch every year. Okay. He's going to be on here eventually <laughs> on this <Okay>. podcast <laughs> when I can get in touch with him. Thank you for joining us today, Kenyon, on Dialogues with Creators. Well, thank you for having me. You've been listening to our interview with Kenyon Henry, local author and conference organizer. Kenyon writes in the young adult and adult fantasy genre, sometimes with a faith-based approach. Along with his day job and his growing writing career, Kenyon is known as the originator and organizer of the Next Chapter Con convention. Starting in 2019, this fall experience is for writers and readers to come together and enjoy the craft of writing and the experience of reading. The fourth Next Chapter Con is again in Dalton, Georgia Convention Center on October 1st, 2022. The website and tickets for more information will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening.